Welcome to Lamenting the Leafs. I'm Cam, along with Nick, and uh, Nick, we're here for the first time since the season ended. We uh, haven't broken down the disappointing loss to the Panthers just yet. It's Old been news. a tough time. Yeah, it is. <laughs> tough time getting us all together, uh, work and personal stuff. Uh, unsurprisingly, Keith is currently traveling, so uh, we're without him, but we'll get his full reaction to everything uh, when he's back. Uh, and, and we'll talk about the series, but we have something more pressing that we uh, had to convene here on a Saturday afternoon and have a conversation about because on Friday... The WNBA season tipped off, and now that I'm a full-time <laughs> fan of that league alone, I wanted to talk about it for a little bit. I'm down. Uh, <laughs> Kyle Dubas is out as general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Nick, we'll, we'll get to the, the press conference. We'll have plenty to say about that in a minute here, but what was your immediate reaction to the news? Well, I'm going to like start off by hedging this and saying – this podcast might be as messy as the entire leaf situation is right now, because I have a lot of thoughts on this and you know, it, it's just kind of a, a scatterbrain sort of feeling and almost like a, a blindsided sort of feeling because all indications leading up to this were that, you know, Dubas was going to be back. Um, that, that was what the, all the big insiders were saying. Uh, it seemed as though the organization uh, wanted him back until you know, sometime on Thursday, a few hours before he was fired, uh, which, yeah, we'll, we'll get more into that as well. But just my initial reaction was, I think, uh, a mixture of disappointment and anger. I, I mean, I know this is obviously a results-oriented business. Uh, the results for the team have not been there. But on the whole, I, I think Kyle Dubas's process in his time as the the Leafs general manager was very sound. Of course, he had his misses, he had his mistakes, but for the most part, I thought the way that he built this team was was done very intelligently and a well thought out manner. And I, I just I was a big believer in Kyle Dubas as a GM and the vision that he had for this team. And yeah, it's just, it's really disappointing and I can't help but be a little bit angry at, you know, the, the, the main players on this team, the guys who were out there on the ice when the season ended, because ultimately it, it, those are the guys that didn't get the job done. I mean, you can, you can talk about, the the needs of the roster that may not have been addressed or, or what have you. But when it comes down to it, once again, it was these star players who didn't get the job done when, when the games mattered the most. And Kyle Dubas is the one that's ultimately falling on the sword for that. So yeah, just a, a real mixture of disappointment, frustration, anger, and uh Yeah. Uh, where are you at on the whole thing? Many of the same boats. I, I mean, um, like obviously, like you said, you know, results-based business, etc. It wasn't a perfect tenure by any means, but you know, he's he's clearly the, the most you know talented executive that the Leafs have had in the seat in some thirty years. And and it felt like he was getting I, you know, better, right? As time went along, as he was gaining more experience, it it seemed like some of those errors that might have you know, popped up early on in his tenure, we know we're a lot further and fewer between. And there was some adaptation to, to the things that he coveted for the roster and all those things. It, it just, yeah, it, it feels like 
too soon. Yeah, it, it, it you know, it's it's and maybe it's just a function of like I, I I like his philosophy. I agree with his philosophy and always have. You know, he he was my guy before he was even hired. Yeah. He was the guy that I wanted the least to hire. Like you know, all the way through. And and now that he's gone, it's 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 frustrating and it's um you know like you said results based business, but um the the difficulty with that is that you know when you look at like results and and you look at the the press conference that Brennan Shanahan had like the results weren't the issue you yeah. know, he said all the way yeah. through you know the, the, he he couldn't have had better things to say about the uh, you know the results that like Dubas got as general manager and and it seems like it ultimately came down to a communication breakdown a negotiation breakdown uh you know we'll get into that but um it, it's it's hard to be positive about this right now you know he yeah. the, the I guess what I'm clinging to is the fact that you know he built a program here he, he built this organization into you know what it should be or at least you know made it start to look like what it should be when it was you know very much just a rinky dink operation you know up until even 10 years ago um you know th- this is now one of the top kind of destinations you hear what ryan o'reilly has to say about you know the 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 facilities and the, uh, the hell the, you hear the, what the other GMs around the league ha- have to say about them. And, you know, other people in the know, like there's not really a bad word coming out of anyone's mouth about Kyle Dubas. The, and so what, what I'm clinging to, I think is just that, you know, that th- this isn't uh, a whole, uh, this, this whole repudiation of uh, all things, Kyle Dubas, that, which is what I was worried it would be a year or two years ago that, you know, it would be the yeah. whole analytics don't work. Let's go with the, the old hockey man and do it the way we used to do it. Um, I, I have I have a bit more hope that that's not going to be the case, but there, there are still some things that kind of make me a little bit worried about that. Um, but, it, you know, it's ultimately going to come down to like how many people follow him out the door now that now, now that he's done. Uh, we saw Jason Spezza resigned, you know, immediately after, basically. So um, it, it's, you know, it's it's still very much a, 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 an open question, you know, what, what this organization is, is going to look like a few weeks and even months down the road. So it, it's it's hard to say right now. But but I think that, you know, the, the Leafs are, are worse off for this decision today. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree with that. It, like acknowledging our bias towards Kyle Dubas and everything that he's done for this team or whatever, it it is hard to envision them hiring a candidate who's going to be better at the job. Full stop. Like, yeah, I mean, the the one consideration here or the one thing that I've seen some people throwing around on Twitter, you know, as kind of a, a good reminder is that it is Shanahan who, identified Kyle Dubas and brought him in in the first place. So, you know, perhaps the the fear of reverting to the 200 hockey men kind of mentality is a, a little bit overstated, but it feels like there's a, a significant shift in organizational philosophy happening right now. And just there's so much up in the air at such a crucial time for this organization that it just it, it feels bad, man. 
it just it doesn't feel good yeah so so let's talk about the press conference a little bit because you know this is hailed by many as just the most transparent <laughs> press conference you've ever seen but like i, I want to break this down a little bit because you know as we kind of already said like Brendan Shanahan was saying the whole way, like you would be stunned listening to the first, what, two, three minutes of that press conference to think that you were watching a press conference talking about a guy who'd been fired. All he talked about was how great the offseason was, how the regular season was excellent. You know, no issue with the way he dealt with the team throughout the year, made great moves at the trade deadline, had a good relationship the whole year. So either like all of those things were true and he made an impulsive decision not to not to bring Dubas back based on you know what he saw in that that press conference on Monday, the year end press conference, and completely just scrapped all of the evaluation of the work to this point and threw process out the window. Yeah. And that's something that we talk about so much: the process that has been established by Dubas and by you know Shani to an extent, and and the people that have been brought in. And it just te- seems like there was no process followed with this fire. Yeah, it really does seem like a reactionary, impulsive, emotional decision. You know, based on a counter offer that Shanahan received from Dubas's representation on Thursday. I mean, it's just, it's, there's something that doesn't add up about the whole idea that Kyle Dubas was their guy all along. They were talking about extending him all the way back in March. Now, today, Elliot Friedman is reporting that there was a five-year extension on the table for Dubas, not just a, like a two or three-year deal. This is like a guy they were ready to commit to for another five years, or at least commit to paying him for another five years. And then that all goes out the window with a counteroffer and an email on Thursday, and mere hours later, the guy is fired. It just... It, it, it just it smells fishy, man. There, I, I really don't know. It, it's hard to wrap my head around such a drastic shift in Shanahan's thinking in such a, a short period of time, given where we were just a, a week or two ago. You know, we, we were celebrating a, a first round series victory for this team for the first time in a long time. Everyone is, you know, kind of feeling a bit of relief, like. The, the band is going to get to stick together, at least for the most part. Dubas is going to be the guy to continue running this ship. Uh, maybe there will be a, you know some changes on the ice uh, and to the core of the roster. But now it just feels like absolutely everything is up in the air from the top down. And it, it's, uh, it's hard to believe that we, we're here. You know, given where we were just a week ago, it, it really is. It's it's hard to wrap your head around it because of the like uh, like it's it's hard to even understand how how much instability is coming yeah. after this. You you like you like to hope that you know things are going to stay tight and, and a lot of guys are going to stay on board and and you know that that is is likely just not going to be the case. There's so many people who are you likely dubious loyalists. You know he, he's he's been bringing some of the same people along you have to think that you know sheldon keith is obviously most likely gone um i I mean there's going to be much more upheaval based on this Uh, by all accounts snap decision that was made by brendan shanahan this week yeah and i think that that whole part of it is kind of what's i don't know i don't want to speak for anyone else but for me this feels about as bleak as any of the you know 
deflating playoff exits have been in recent years or just about any other time as a Leafs fan, really, because I think at least in those years when things didn't go their way on the ice, we could still feel confident in the vision and direction of the team or, you know, at least those of us who believed in Kyle Dubas could kind of take a little bit of courage in the fact that this guy was running the team and that he was going to, you know, continue to see his vision out and continue to make tweaks and continue to learn on the job as he has and just, you know, carry forward with the philosophy that he had in place. And now it just feels like we have no idea what the direction of this team is. We have no idea what the the direction or the desires of the the higher ups on the board and all that are it's just there's so much uncertainty right now that i think it's a little bit scary for some fans and i think that that's totally fair just because we had a guy in place who a lot of people believed in and a lot of people supported his decision making for the most part and now it just it it feels like we're taking a step back. And I know like when Kyle Dubas was brought in, it was kind of this like, I don't know the, the right word, but he signified a, a real change and a real shift and leap forward in the, in the mentality of the organization. And it, it seemed like a thing that a lot of fans were ready for and a lot of fans wanted. And it, it's it's hard to to not feel like we're going to be taking a step in the other direction now. He, he came into an organization that to that point had just basically been like in hey, shambles. Who, let's let's go out and who, who had a good Olympic run or a deep playoff run or had a good showing in the world juniors at some point in the last four years. And, and let's go and get those guys because that's those are the guys that everyone agrees are good. You know, like it was it was just yeah. so old boys club and such a I, I watched Moneyball. Uh, last weekend uh, again and it was uh, it, like you watch Moneyball now and it's like oh all these dinosaurs these guys have no clue they're the, these old guys these old baseball scouts who are just you know completely not with the times at all and, and it's like that that's what the Leafs were to a T uh, before you know the yeah. Dubas regime came in and, and like you know you you want to talk about pointing fingers like Dubas had to come in and, and deal with cleaning up mistakes from previous managers installed by Brendan Shanahan and and somehow he is the guy who's uh who's wearing this at, at the end of the day and and um that's that's where the change happens and then that's that's hard to swallow man yeah th- there's just there's so many contradicting elements to the entire thing you know it's like we're getting reports now that you know Dubas didn't have full control or full autonomy when he was at the helm here and that Shanahan was a little more involved than, than maybe we were initially led to believe. And you go from that to now wanting to extend the guy and keep him in his position, even though you've been kind of overseeing or kind of looking over his shoulder at his work all this time. And then when he asks to, to have that autonomy or what have you, you decide you don't want him anymore. It's like, again, like I said, off the top of the show, this is going to be a bit of a a scatterbrain thing because I'm still just having a hard time wrapping my head around the entire process. I think like I said to you before we even started recording, I think this would have been a lot easier to digest or accept even for 
fellows like us who are, are big supporters of Kyle Dubas had, you know, they just had a clean break. You know, the season ended, you know, first round series victory, notwithstanding the organization just decided it was time to move on. And all we heard was that Kyle Dubas was not going to be back as the GM of the Leafs. But this has turned into such a shit show and such a mess that it, it just it, it it leads to so many other concerns about what's going on behind closed doors at MLSE. It is an absolute mess, and like the the press conference did not help to you know. Um, it, I, I was very much the same way. Like when when the news came down, it's like okay, you know, this seems like it sucks, but let's let's see the reasoning here. And, and then you know, Shanahan starts talking, and for the first couple of minutes, I'm like, okay, obviously they made the right decision to part with this guy who's clearly a serial killer based on the way we're getting a fucking blow by blow from Shanahan time stamps everything it's like how many how many bodies are in Kyle Dubas's closet when I'm watching this and start at this press conference just getting it feels like the FBI are conducting it and and you know he goes through it and I have kind of a timeline here from this week that I just kind of wanted to run through just we're all on the same page here for anyone who didn't watch the the full presser um, basically on Sunday past so the day before the the exit um, interviews and the 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 pressers and when Dubas spoke to the media uh, on the Sunday uh, Shanahan presents Dubas with a contract offer uh, they have a long conversation about the team uh, part of that conversation was about how difficult the season was on Kyle Dubas's family uh, on Monday they meet with the media Kyle Dubas you know gives that bit of info to the press, talks about, you know, kind of the the commitment side of it and, you know, things maybe wavering for him a little bit after what was, I mean, absolutely a difficult year. I um, mean, they strung him along with no contract all year. They, they they made him a lame duck GM all year. That's something else we can get into later on. But yes, continue. Ex- with exactly, exactly. So um, Monday, things start to shift for Brennan Shanahan. They don't meet on Tuesday. Uh, on Wednesday, they meet and they don't really come away with any, you know, clear solution there. Shanahan says that, you know, it didn't provide any more clarity. Then on Thursday, it seems like where things really took the turn. Um, Dubas tells uh, Shanahan that his agent will be in touch. His agent presents new terms, apparently, to Shanahan, according to Shanahan. And uh, and then Dubas emails him to confirm that he, he would like to return as, as general manager. And at that point, it seems like Shanahan's decision was already made that, that that wouldn't be happening. Well, I mean, according to Shanahan, his feelings changed after reading that email on Thursday, right? Now, I, I mean, I don't want to let Dubas completely off the hook here either, because I, I, given what we know now, it, it's difficult. And I want to commend him if this was the case for being honest and open about you know his feelings and everything that was going along with that with his family and the difficult year that it was for them. But given everything that we know now, it's difficult to argue that that was anything more than a negotiating ploy, considering he came back a couple of days later saying he wanted the job and reportedly wanted more money and or power in the position. So he, he's not without fault here, but I can't help but feel like this is just a, a matter of, well, Justin Bourne said it best on t- Twitter a little while ago, a guy who would know Kyle Dubas quite well from his time in the organization. It, it feels more like emotions and ego than practicality and professionalism it just feels like this was as you've already said a snap decision 
that just through months and years of evaluation and everything like that out the window based on something that made Shanahan unhappy and he didn't even, you know, sit on it for 24 hours before axing his guy. So yeah, there, there, I think there's plenty of blame to go around here, but it's just, it's a shame that cooler heads couldn't prevail because it seems like Dubas is the guy the Leafs wanted. It seems like Dubas wanted to continue in the position. And here we are a couple of days later, and the Leafs have no general manager, and Kyle Dubas has no job. The whole thing went to shit, basically. And, you know, like, I, I, I don't disagree with you. I, I think that, yeah, D- Dubas does have a, a little bit of a role in this. Obviously, it's a negotiation. You know, there are two sides to it. And we'll, I'm sure, hear his side of this eventually. And I'm sure there will be some interesting tidbits whenever we do hear it. But... Like the the whole, you know, a lot of people have said that he overplayed his hand. And to me, that doesn't really check out because like unless like you, you got to understand what his hand is, right? Like it's unless yeah. his only interest was in being the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs for the rest of his life, then yes, he overplayed his hand. But if he wants to just go on making millions of dollars managing a hockey team and, you know, this particularly difficult season on his family like it could be a negotiating tactic and also true right like it's why you know why not take the more money and more autonomy in another market if that's available to me it wouldn't seem to me like that's overplaying his hand at all he could still end up with exactly what he wants with with less focus less pressure um and you know to me ultimately it comes down to if this was your guy, and that's what Brennan Shanahan said all the way through that press conference, that this is what he wanted, he was his guy, he did a fantastic job, and it was a, a negotiating tactic that you, you didn't like and you felt like it was you know, solely that, and that changed how, how you felt about it, if he was still your guy, you take a step back. And you figure it out. Yeah, like they. But but, it, but if he was, but if he was a guy that you were kind of maybe looking for a reason to fire anyway, and you know maybe this gave you that emotional fired something up in you, and you just decided that you had to pull the trigger on it. Like that's a different thing. That because the the, the whole uh, communication between you know the way that Shanahan says he felt about Dubas says that they had a great relationship all season long. Despite I don't think the fact that we saw them <laughs> sitting together once in the in the press box and the guy who he was sitting with resigned right after this happened like it it doesn't check out to me yeah no it really doesn't and like if he was their guy all this time and like why not have him extended prior to this season why like you never see this happen uh, it's very rare that a coach or general manager even continues in the position with only one year remaining on their contract. Typically, there's at least a courtesy extension baked in there at some point, you know, to at least kind of reserve the right to to hold on to your guy, right? And that was never there with Dubas. So for them to kind of let him operate with no certainty in regards to his own future for the entire year, and then kind of quickly turn around and be so upset or allow their perception to change so swiftly based on Dubas wanting a couple of days or what have you, or, you know, wanting to continue to negotiate a little further. 
it just it, it, it seems really ass backwards to me. Now, getting back to something you just touched on uh, in terms of maybe Shanahan was looking for a reason or maybe even like subconsciously looking for a reason because you know there's there's a lot of different things and a lot of different feelings I, we don't have to tell any Leafs fan it, it's a roller coaster right like th- there's a lot of up and down a lot of highs and lows and there's a part of me that wonders if there was maybe some little devil uh, on Shanahan's shoulder throughout this entire process that was kind of nagging at him for the the need for some major change in the organization or some major upheaval and maybe not being entirely convinced that Kyle Dubas was ready to execute on those plans. And then Dubas goes out and says what he says on Monday about not being sure or, you know, just really not giving a, a, a solid commitment to wanting to be back. And then coming in with a different contract offer, it might have been just enough to push Shanny over that edge, make that little devil on his shoulder a little louder and say, fuck it, we're we're canning them. We're going in a new direction. This was the the push I needed. Now we're really going to change things. Like, I I don't know. That's just pure speculation on my part, obviously, but we're, we're searching for answers here just because it doesn't seem like the ones we've been given are all that plausible. That's it. And and it doesn't seem like a process was followed and it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's so many more questions now and you're heading into the off season and you have to figure it all out. Um, and not just any off season, like there's some serious business that needs to be handled here. And I think that's, you know, we're, we're not going to get into, or not too deeply anyways, we're not going to get into potential candidates to replace Kyle Lewis, but whoever it is, they are going to have their work cut out for them to kind of acclimatize themselves within the organization and, you know, familiarize themselves with everyone and everything that's going on and then make these franchise altering decisions that are on the horizon in these next few weeks here. Like, it's just a lot and the timing seems like it couldn't have been a whole lot worse. Shanahan did say that he spoke to most of the staff. Um, He specifically mentioned Brandon Pridham, who apparently is now acting as interim general manager, essentially. He also mentioned Wes Clark. And I wanted to to touch on this just briefly. You're, you're, You're a draft guy. You're a prospects guy. Yeah, you know, he said that he had a great conversation with Wes Clark about the the upcoming draft. Now, and Wes Clark is a dubious. That's that's where I wanted to go with this because you know I feel like that's specifically why he mentioned Wes Clark. But like, I, like I want to I want to analyze that for just a moment. Like, when do we think that conversation happened? Do we think that he had a great conversation with Wes Clark about <laughs> the upcoming draft immediately after? firing Kyle Dubas or do we think that's maybe something that's happened in the last few weeks or months and he kind of presented it as if you know I've got Wes still on board and we have no idea if that's going to be the case this scouting department could fall apart lots of departments could fall apart come Tuesday you know when when everyone's back in in for business on on Tuesday like this happens on a Friday afternoon people are going to have a weekend to think it over a long weekend Classic news dump. Uh, it's it's Tuesday is going to be interesting, yeah. man. Tuesday is going to be interesting in this organization. If nothing else, this entire summer is going to be very interesting. I don't necessarily know if that's a good thing or not, but uh, there's going to be no shortage uh, of content and speculation and rumors and news and it figures to be a, a summer of change in in Leafsland. Yeah, it. it 
definitely will be um and it's so crazy that after they finally win around this is what happens you know what i mean like we've had these conversations year over year about you know the potential for shaking things up and replacing dubas and trading one of the the star players and you know everyone feels like just to kind of take everyone back a couple of weeks they're like put yourself back in the seat you were sitting in or the shoes you were wearing when the Leafs won the first round series against Tampa Bay, did anyone imagine that this is where we would be just a couple of short weeks later? Like it, it's still just, it blows my mind. Yep. No, it, it is. It's a whirlwind, man. Um, and you know, we haven't even talked about the, the player side of it. Like there is the, like the staff side of it will be more dramatic. There'll be dubious people who will leave. And you know, that's, that's to be expected with any kind of a, a regime change. It'll be interesting on the staff side, how they're going to, you know, recruit and, and how that's going to affect, um, you know, the kind of people that they're bringing in. That's going to be very interesting to watch, but that's going to play out over time. The player side of it, you know, I think will be probably be less dramatic. No one's going to leave just because, Kyle Dubas has been fired, but like you said, there are many important decisions that need to be made specifically with regards to Austin Matthews, who, who can, you know, be extended this summer and William Nylander as well. Exactly. And, you know, this is something that we talked about when we've had the conversation about Dubas and his future previously on, on the podcast. And it's, you know, how does he affect an extension and, and, you know, how much more comfortable are, are these guys with Dubas versus anyone else like if it's going to be a factor I don't know how much of a factor but um, you know that's that's very much something that you that you decided to kind of throw up in the air with everything else when you make this decision and if if you know if everything falls and Austin Matthews doesn't have an extension done you know by the start of the season like it, that is a bad place to be. The, the, there will be no other way to paint this entire mess other than as an abject failure. If that's how things go, because by all indications, Austin Matthews and Kyle Dubas were very close. Austin Matthews has already stated his desire to remain a leaf long-term and hope to have an extension signed before next season. But that was before Kyle Dubas was let go. So, I mean, you just look at like Jason Spezza, as you mentioned, resigned as soon as he learned that Kyle Dubas was being let go. Jason Spezza was in this locker room with all these players a year ago. He grew up a Leafs fan. His passion for for being a Leaf and being involved with the the Toronto Maple Leafs has been well documented ever since he came on board as a player and you know then moved into uh, an executive role alongside Kyle Dubas. He wasted zero time abandoning that organization and sticking with his guy in Kyle Dubas and walking out the door. Now, I mean, there is the slight chance that there was some other kind of mitigating factor and it was a a bit of a coincidence. But given the timing, it's hard to to imagine it was anything other than a, a loyalty move in regards to how he feels about Dubas. So you've got to kind of extrapolate that at least a little bit down to the locker room and the guys that are still in there. Right. So that part definitely worries me. Um, not to kind of completely cast doom on everything here because there is a very real chance that Austin Matthews still signs an extension and remains a leaf. 
but just the the overall feeling and sentiment in the locker room it, it, it's it's got to be it's it, it can't be a good one right now given what we've heard all these players say about Kyle Dubas over the the past few weeks and years even but there's also a part of me that thinks maybe that is something that is needed here too like it, maybe you guys aren't going to have everything you want maybe you guys don't deserve to have everything you want but, but yeah, again, going back to the beginning of the show, told you I was going to be all over the place here. Still trying to f- kind of form my thoughts and feelings on this entire thing just because it, it, it's, it, it seems like such a, a blindsided kind of decision. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it, right? And I mean, it's, it's um, difficult to kind of wrap your head around it, talking about you know GM replacements and just none of the names striking you at all, like the name Kyle Dubas does. It's It just seems like he was the best yeah, guy out there to, just to it, continue man. in the job, and, and here he's gone. And, and, you know, we will just very briefly talk about, um, you know, potential replacements, but just kind of in the sense that, you know, the name that seems to be bandied about quite a bit is uh, Brad Tree Living because of, again, something that Shani said in the press conference which, again, putting aside the fact that he went through the whole press conference saying how thrilled he was with the job Dubis did and, and et cetera, et cetera, and he was going to be their guy and they, they just couldn't get something done. And yet it's, well, we might like an experienced general manager. Uh, you know, that would be an attractive quality. As, <laughs> like, it, it, it's just it's so out of whack between, you know, do you like his performance or not? Are you, are you trying to go in a different direction or not? What are we <laughs> yeah. doing here? But uh, I mean, well, that's living, what we were saying before is we have like, it just feels like there is no direction or certainty of any kind right now. No one has a clue what's going on or what lies ahead. That's it. And so Brad tree living, apparently the, the front runner, which I, I'm not thrilled by, but when you, when you look at the rest of the names and this is from Chris Johnson's piece, <laughs> I'm just going to read through these because he talked about tree living, apparently being kind of the, favorite now um you know we'll see how things roll out once interviews get going over the next few days and weeks but uh talking about specifically experienced general managers here and that's you know the big box that tree living ticks uh the others that fall into that category are get a vomit bag mark bergevin (laughs) peter shirelli chuck fletcher ray shiro Ron Hextall, Jim Benning, and Dave Nonis. And Nick, I cannot oh my God. more explicitly say that every name I just listed is dog shit at being a general manager in the NHL. Hire editor and leaf if you're going to fucking do that. Christ <laughs> almighty. And the thing is, you know, like, whatever decision is made here and the decisions that have already been made, like you, you can't go and say that it's going to fail because this team is so talented. And if enough of the, the minds that you've assorted in the front office stick around, then maybe you could slide one of these warm bodies in there and it's, you know, they're going to be able to operate the, the fucking Megazord, the Voltron <laughs> and, and, you know, and maybe have some success like Mark Bergevin, you know, he, he made some good trades like there, there were some good things Absolutely, that he did yeah. and lots of bad things that he did. So it's it's not to say that none of these guys I can think be you successful. could say that about every GM. Exactly. So, I mean, it's it's it's, it's just not encouraging when uh, no. you get, you know, <laughs> 10 names or however many that, that was. Peter Shirelli and Jim Benning on it. And never mind Dave oh Nonis. God, it's uh, it's uh, yeah the vibes not good so i mean unless they're going out and poaching someone and really making a splash i just don't see how uh, this front office is in 
better shape moving forward. But I guess we'll see how that plays out in the weeks to come. Yeah, I mean, Brad Trilliving uh, like definitely seems like the the best of a bunch of less than ideal options. You know, going by the names that you just listed off there. But yeah, getting back to kind of what we said earlier, it's just hard to envision them being in a in a better position or in better hands than they were with Kyle Dubas. I, I mean, I know we both know full well that there's plenty of detractors out there. There are a lot of people who were not a fan of Kyle Dubas and the work that he did here. So, I mean, I'm sure a lot of those fans are, are pretty happy today, but... Uh, yeah, for me, it, it, it's a it's a pretty deflating and discouraging time to be a Leafs fan. It is disappointing, man. It is disappointing, and it's you know we're going to have plenty to talk about in the next few weeks. That's for sure. We'll get uh, we'll get Keith's take on all of this, but um, it's it's going to be a tough sledding here, I think, for for a little bit, and we'll we'll see how um, they go about replacing Kyle Dubas and and how things kind of shake out in the org in the next little bit because it's going to be turbulent times uh, i would think yeah certainly uh turbulent seems like an appropriate term to describe what we're in store for here over the next weeks and uh and months heading into next season uh hope for the best i guess yeah that's all we can do we're not going to remember leaf nick we're in mourning we are <laughs> let's remember kyle dude pro- <laughs> <laughs> too soon too soon yeah Thanks, pal. Uh, this is uh, this has truly been lamenting the Leafs. Yep. <laughs>